Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of The City Confessions. Today is going to be such a good day because we have kind of a celebrity on. <laughs> so I want to welcome Deborah Lipman. She's a celebrity <laughs> manicurist. And if you're not familiar, she has a brand that is just amazing. And she sells uh, nail polish. And I know she's releasing other beauty products, but I don't want to talk about her brand. I want her to speak for herself. So hi, Deborah. How are you? Hi, and welcome. Oh, I'm honored to be on with you. No, I am honored. You have worked with so many amazing celebrities. We will dive into the list in a few. But before we get started, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us who you are, what you do, and what your relationship is with New York City. Oh, okay. <laughs> My name is Deborah Lipman, and I am uh, a celebrity manicurist by day and a jazz singer by night. I'm going to be singing next week in my favorite city in the world, New York City. Wait, I, I had no sing. idea you were you were a singer as well. <laughs> yes, I started as a I started my life as a singer from the time that I was a uh, just a kid. Just, Four years old, I knew I wanted to sing. And I was a singer all the way through grade school, high school, went, got a degree in music in college. And, uh, and then I went out to make a living and realized that like many of my other artist friends, I needed to do a second job. Most of my friends wait tables. Um, I found very quickly that I was the most untalented uh, table waiter ever to grace the earth. Um, I dropped red pasta with red sauce on a blonde woman with wearing white. Oh my and God. that <laughs> night when I was fired, um, um, that night when I was fired, I went home and I was like, okay, let me search my soul. Cause this isn't going to work out. I'm going to have to find another, another day job. And I searched, I love beauty. I had, um, like when I was in, when I was in college, I think I worked in the department store and I worked in the, in the jewelry department and I would watch the girls that worked in cosmetics walk past us when they were going back to, back to work from their break. And they had their clear bags with all their products in it. And they just, I just, to me, that was the dream to work with product was like the dream job. If I could have, I didn't even have the guts to apply to be in the cosmetics department. Kind of funny to find where I am today. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, so I became, I went to cosmetology school and, uh, found that while I was, you know, learning all the things, although I loved everything, I love skin. I love, you know, I love, uh, the hair. I love, you know, I like all pieces of it. I was still singing every night. So I would go to cosmetology school during the day and stand up on my feet and do whatever we were learning for eight hours a day. And then I'd go to sing at night and I'd stand on my high heels for four hours and my feet were killing me. And when we got to the manicure portion of the deal, it was like, oh, wait, I could sit all day and then stand up on my high heels. That might work. I'm going to try, you know, I'm going to try that. So that was sort of how I really fell into, fell into manicuring. Um, and I moved to New York in the early nineties to pursue music. I had grown up in Arizona and, um, I had kind of gotten to the top of the heap of art in terms of artists and the clubs I could sing at and the musicians I worked with and the uh, plays that I got cast in. I did had done pretty much everything I, I felt like I could do to get better. And it was time to move on to the big city to get really challenged. So I moved here in the early 90s and um, 
started, you know, going into jazz clubs, trying to get gigs. Um, you'll see how this all ties in in a, in a few minutes. Um, and then I started, I got it, was very, very blessed. And I got a job at the Frederick Lakai Salon when he was in Bergdorf in the 90s when it was um, like the only place to be. It was just like a heavenly, heavenly place to be. It was so exciting, the artistry that was going on, the clients that came in, the energy it was just... It was like, I came to New York and I got this gig. This is unbelievable. So I started um, doing nails there and occasionally they would send me out to do a photo shoot um, without telling me what to, what a photo shoot was. And um, gradually I started, I did a few photo shoots and then I thought, wow, this is really interesting work where you are on set and you talk to the makeup artists and you talk to the creative director and they give you they're, um, they don't say put on pink with shimmer in it. They say, here's what the look is going to be. And they give you the, describe a feeling, or they show you some references, and then you get to put your input into what you think. I mean, it didn't start out this way. This was years in initially they did say use, you know, use sheer pink <laughs> a lot. Um, but it became, uh, I started doing it and really loving it and realizing that I could be part of the creative team. And that was really exciting and interesting. Um, and through that process, um, I think is where I started creating color on set. If there was a need for, I remember doing a shoot with the great Polly Mellon and um, I had gotten a note that she was going to want some yellow. And I brought a bunch of nail, like I think I had 10 nail polishes that were yellow. And she was like, oh dearie, that's just the not the right shade of yellow. Let's put, let's put these two together. And it's just like when you're mixing nail polish, it's not like when you're mixing powder makeup. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it doesn't quite work the same way, but we were able to get something that worked and it was fun and it was a challenge. And then a couple other times I had to do that for other shoots. And um, my friends told me I had a bit of a, a talent for it. And it was not something like, you know, I probably still couldn't tell you what's what on the color wheel. That's not my, that's not the way I play. I, um, I mean, I just do it for my gut. So I also knew after working in Frederick Fakai, um, which was such a great, as I said, experience and also shopping in Bergdorf and getting to, as a girl from Arizona, walking into Bergdorf Goodman every day, that, that uh, store that I had seen in so many films growing up, it was just like, I, I just thought I was, um, I thought I had landed the best job on the planet. So um, some of my clients, it's, uh, there were lots of things coming at me that were showing me that my, my path may not be exactly the path that I had planned um, because I started doing these photo shoots and um, I started, excuse me, I started getting a lot of celebrity clients in the salon that then would want to have house calls and then um, a lot of magazine editors came into the salon as well. So then when the magazine editors saw my work, they wanted to book me on shoots. And it was just like, it was coming at me from so many directions. And I was thinking, you know, oh my gosh, this is, I mean, I love this, but like I came here to sing and I need to focus on singing. And it was always like a, a bit of a dilemma. And Bobby Brown, the makeup artist extraordinaire, Bobby Brown, was a client at Fred Rakai and she sat in my chair and she loved my manicure and she called Allure Magazine and said, hey, there's a new girl in town, you need to come check her out. And they came in undercover, the magazine did, and then called and said that they wanted to come in and photograph me and put me in the magazine as one of the best manicurists in the country and where to go in New York. And um, it was... I was just like, what is happening? Like I couldn't, it was a freight train that was just running without me helping it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, I was still going to sing at night. I was still going, trying to get gigs and meet musicians and, you know, get, um, sing places that I practically had to pay them. Well, not even practically, I did have to pay them um, to, to sing. Um, but I loved it. It was a great New York experience. So um, Bobby said to me one day, she said, you know, Deb, there's, she said, I think you should, I think you should th think about making a brand. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm a jazz singer. Like, are you kidding me? And she said, no, I mean, you know, and I know there's a niche in the market. 
there's, you know, I, I knew at that point that I couldn't send my clients down and we are Frederick for high, we were on the top floor, I think of Bergdorf. So if I wanted to send them downstairs to buy things um, to use for nail care in the cosmetic department, there was um, nothing to be found other than a couple colors from the major brands and maybe, and the delicious cuticle cream from Dior. And that was about it. You couldn't get a polish remover. You couldn't get a nail file. Um, so I really realized that there, that there was a niche for the luxury consumer to, um, have nail products. And that's how it started 22 years ago. And we started with, uh, nail, everything, um, Marianne in my line, all of the names of my products are song titles. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I did it not just because I love music, but because when I when we when it came time for, you know, figuring out how we were going to name things and where by we, I mean, my husband, who I had just married six months earlier, and my brother and I um, jumped into this project together, kind of none of us having any idea what we were doing or what we were going into, just knowing that we had a passion for what we were doing. And we believed that if we worked hard, we could do it. And by work hard, I thought I already worked hard. And then I learned, (laughs) then I learned a new lesson in um, entrepreneurship is, you know, 24 seven for the rest of your life, pretty much. so we started with, so I, when we got to naming the colors, I was like looking at other people's nail polishes and like, I think it's Chanel that like everything is a number and that's kind of a, you know, a thing with obviously their fragrances and things. And I thought, well, I don't want to, I don't want to call this like red number six. I mean, there are a lot of brands that use, but that do that, that just name things with numbers. And I don't want to tell you that the color is red if you look at it and you think that it's pink and, um, we actually, I actually have a great example of that right now. We have a color in our summer collection that's called Fire with Fire. And we call it out as a red. But on some people's skin tones, it does go a little to the pinky red side. So some people see it as pink. Some people say, oh, I thought this was going to be red and it's pink. We all see color differently. And so I didn't want to tell you that a color was um, red and to have you see it as pink. So that was how kind of we started coming up with with the names. There's like I'm looking at a couple colors now, Tickle Me Pink and Touch Me, Tease Me and Cake by the Ocean, Um, Naked, Modern Love. Um, They're all songs that if you if you happen to know that song, um, it takes and you pick up the product. So you're going through a store, you're going on a website and you see a product and you think, oh, that looks good. And then you click on it and, oh, what's the name? What's the information about it? Oh, what's the name? And when you finally get to what's the name, many, many times that what's the name, like is what really catches you and go, okay, I'm going to try this. And if you, and for us, if you know the song, it takes it to another place in your heart and in your head. And if you don't know the song, it doesn't matter. They're still um, kind of just, clever, unusual words that are stuck together um, for for some of the song titles. So um, we started 22 years ago, and it's been um, incredible. Every day is different. Uh, You never know what's going to go right or wrong next. We um, we often say in our office that um, many, many, many great things happen very late in the day on a Friday afternoon. And... uh, (laughs) And there's been so many times that that like a big order that we've been promised forever and we're waiting and waiting and waiting because an order isn't real until you actually get the order, not just the verbal. And we would get an order and um, at like 530 on Friday afternoon in the in the old days when we had fax machines, the fax machine would go off and would come the order that we were waiting for. So um I mean, I guess that's just one of our little blessing times is Friday afternoons. So we are, uh, let's see, I think I said we're 22 years old, 22 years of working with my husband. Thank you. If you feel sorry for me for just a second, because he became my boss somehow in this. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure. And I'm not proud of it, um, but it happened, <laughs> but it happened. Um, so all of these years I've been working on photo shoots as well as creating all of the products. So in the middle of, you know, I'm doing fashion week or I'm going to LA, you know, every three days during award season, 
for, you know, there's an award show like every week and then there's a lunch and a dinner and a blah, blah, blah. And so I'm back and forth uh, from New York to, we live in New York, but um, New York to LA a lot. And uh, this last year and a half has been really interesting because until recently I hadn't been on a plane and I haven't been on a plane for work. Um, wow, your story is so interesting. And <laughs> I have so many questions. I mean, first of all, just to name a few of these celebrities you have worked with, it includes Oprah Winfrey, Laura Dern, Martha Stewart, Lady Gaga. So I'm so curious when you discover that, you know, these are going to be your clients and you are working on them. What is that feeling like? Like, do you end up, I guess, now that you've been in the industry for so long and you have such a great reputation, are you no longer starstruck? Like, how does that whole celebrity world work? Um, no, I'm definitely starstruck. I'm definitely starstruck. Okay. <laughs> and I really kind of think that one, one of the reasons that that, 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 that that somehow works to my favor Um you know, you can't be there in there and like, hi, I want to, I want a picture with you and I want your autograph mm -hmm. and things like that. But if people, you know, I think for any of us, if someone that you're talking to respects your work and knows your work, it's someone that you want to talk to. It's someone that you want to be around and might be someone that you, you know, might trust more um, with your hands and your feet, <laughs> as, as it were. Um, but there are times that, I mean, I remember the first time I walked into Cher's, uh, hotel room to do her nails, I was sweating from head to toe and I couldn't make it stop. And I just thought she's just like, not even going to want me to touch her. I'm just, I can't stop sweating. I was just perspiring like crazy. I mean, it was there. It was crazy. Yeah, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. It was super, super crazy. And then we became friends and literally maybe, maybe a month or two ago, she was, um, she was on TV and she was uh, talking about manicures and she brought me up, brought my name up and said, hey, I helped her pick her bottle, which she did. I And she went through the whole story of how she remembers um, when I was designing the line, how I we sat on her bed and uh, I had all these bottles and caps and brushes and I had sort of narrowed it down to a few. And she remembered exactly the details. And she was like, no, that one is not going to work for you, honey. You've got to go this way. And so she has never, I mean, Cher, as big as she is, as many things as she has done and been involved in, she remembers sitting on a bed one night and helping me put my bottle and cap together. It's like, I take, I, when that aired, I was just like, I have to take a step back and look at this. And then I have to step back into it and really feel it because it was pretty incredible, like mm -hmm. pretty incredible. But yeah, then at the other I, side, I've learned that people are just people. We're all just people. Mm -hmm, Some people mm -hmm. just have a huge entourage. But at the end of the Absolutely. day. When I hear you talk about that, that sounds like one of your career highlights. So I'm so curious. So also on the flip side, what have like when have you felt the most challenged? Hmm. When have I felt <clears throat> working with Lady Gaga? Yes. Tell me I more. Think, <laughs> I think um, she is such a genius. And I started working with her pretty early on in her career. And it was, uh, um, her nails were not at that time a big part of her persona, of her, of her Lady Gaga-ness. And um, I may have been part of why she kind of then went on to doing lots of lots of amazing things or crazy things. I don't mean amazing because I did them because a lot of other people do her nails as well. But um, I remember doing, uh, we were going to do the Born This Way uh, video. And the only information I get from her team is Gaga wants a double nail. So I look at this email and I'm like, okay, what is a double nail? What is a double nail? What is a double nail? And I started playing around. So I, I loved it because it was so creative. And, I, and for her, I had to make fake nails that I would take to the set. I had to make tons of them because she was going to be dancing and ripping clothes off and all kinds of things. And these nails are just glued on <clears throat> so that they could be changed also from color to color. It's all this pre-prep work. And um, I had, so I had done, done my homework and I 
came up with what I thought was going to be the right thing. And what I should have done was taken a picture and sent it back to her team. Uh, but I didn't. And I show up at the shoot, it's whatever, 6am in January in freezing cold in a um, like abandoned warehouse in Queens. And um, she was like, Oh, no, I didn't mean this kind of a double nail. I was thinking, you know, a host nail, and then coming out of it on top of it, a parasite nail. And I said, Oh, well, of course, you are thinking that. What does that mean? And then I had to, I had to like rally and like start recreating and starting from scratch and creating this creating this whole other look, which was the double nail, and um, super super challenging, you know, because you now I've only got a minute, you know, you've got a lot of time on set, but still to make as many nails as I needed to make, and I had to, the way I had what it was a whole it was a whole process, it was a whole thing, but it was very exciting, it was very scary, it was very. Um, you know, you want, she's such a genius and, um, you know, you definitely want to come up with what she's, what she's wanting to see on herself. It's mm -hmm. very specific. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you work with celebrities and I feel like you must master working under pressure. Like, do you have certain rituals or routines that you have set aside for yourself to, you know, work well under pressure and to obviously deliver since I feel like it is such a, I don't want, like somewhat of a high pressure job. It's extremely high pressure. Um, to be honest, it's extreme, it's extremely high pressure. Somehow I kind of thrive in those environments. Um, mm -hmm. my husband tells me, uh, so, um, I did a lot of things that were wrong for a long time. I clenched my teeth. So I work, we work as a team. So when, if I'm working, if I'm getting somebody ready for a red carpet, say, um, I'm sitting in their room with their hair and makeup and me, and we are usually all three working at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be aware that when I'm possibly using a foot file on their foot and shaking their body, that the makeup artist might be going into her eye with a liner. So I have to be very, I have found, um, I'm, I'm very much a team player. And so I, I look to the hair and makeup to be a more important uh, piece of the look than the nail. Not that it's more important, but I, I look at, I, it isn't more important, but I look at it that way so that I'm very respectful of where anybody is. And, you know, you can imagine that blow dry, the head getting pulled back and the whole body moving. And so I clench my teeth and um, I clench my teeth and then I, put my arms down to my side and like, just like hold my rib cage up with my arms and then use that. Cause I also don't have a table. I'm like sitting on the floor or sitting on my knees or um, <clears throat> sometimes I have a chair, but there's never, ever, ever a table in between us like you would have in a normal manicure. So it's all, it's trying to figure out how do I get down to the feet when so-and-so is working on the right side of her and she's going to soon be moving to the left. So I need to get this done quickly and move over to the left. So I, anyway, I plant my arms on my, on my rib cage and I use my body as a table, like to try to be the secure, the secure thing. And, um, I clench my teeth, clench everything in my body, hold it. Don't breathe. When I'm working, these are all things you should not do. These are all the things that I learned over the years that were not, um, servicing me well. And, uh, um, I started breaking my front teeth out of nowhere, my front, the corner of one of my front teeth was breaking every month. And I was like, okay, something's got to change. And I have to figure out what I'm doing. And then I was able to break, I had to break it down because I wasn't really aware that I was like, um, clenching as much as I was clenching and not breathing, holding my breath, really not good for you. Um, the uh, part about how I held my arms was 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 not bad. I wasn't like squishing myself. There was nothing there. That was actually something that was helpful, but it was interesting to to actually look at it and go, oh, this is what I do. I didn't really know. That's just sort of how I figured out how to do it and hold myself still. Um, so now I do a lot of deep breathing before I go, especially if it's something that I know is going to be a stressful situation. I'll meditate um, once or twice before I go. Um, and then I'll do a bunch of deep breathing exercises. And even sometimes while I'm working, if the situation becomes stressful, I will, 
uh, do some deep breathing while I'm working and I'm able, able to do that and nobody knows. Um, but that will really calm my, calm my nerves and also just remind me that my body needs to still be, uh, as much as I try to tighten it up, I need to loosen it up. So, um, yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, you know, it sounds crazy. <laughs> like I'm just, even here and I'm, I think I would, I don't know. I mean, like you said, there are certain environments that people thrive in and considering the fact that you have worked in the industry for so long, not to say that it gets easier for you, but I'm sure you, you know, you know how to handle yourself in those situations. Mm -hmm. I don't know when you do manicures, do you always use your own products? I mean, it sounds like a given, but. Um, for the most part, I do. You know, if a client comes and they have another product with them, another polish, another color, it's fine. I will I will use it. I don't carry anybody's products anymore. I used to carry um, several brands with me, um, quite a few brands with me. And now I, I carry just Deborah Lippman. And if, you know, and if, if it's a client that I know and they want to wear something else and they let me know in advance, I'll go and pick it up um, or they'll have it there. And, you know, I have no problem using something else. But it's, this has turned out to be, you know, very promotional for the brand, which is cool, but which is ne was never my plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just the, I, it's just some, it's something I love. Right. Okay. So now that you have, you know, kind of went through your journey and just your experience, I would love to know in this current moment, as we are recording, what keeps you up at night? And I love sitting down with, you know, amazing guests. I always, I never know who to expect. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. And then uh, after we go through, you know, their background, I love to peel back a little bit and just reveal, you know, who you are at your core. Because like we mentioned previously, we're all humans. We all have feelings and we kind of go through the same emotions and phases in life. Mm -hmm. So right now, is there anything that's stressing you out that you can share? Um, COVID still mm -hmm. a little bit, but, um, you know, I'm of a certain age now, um, although I'm very young for my age, but I am of an age that, you know, I need to be careful and I need to continue to be careful. And, um, it's, you know, for instance, uh, singing, I, a friend of mine, I sang on uh, this gentleman, John Minnick's album last year. It came out um, in the fall, I think. And uh, we recorded it right before the lockdown, like maybe two days before the lockdown. And he's asked me to sing with him in the city at 54 Below, John Minnick, um, uh, a week from Thursday. And I think I've been, <laughs> you can hear me take my deep breath. I said yes, and then I said no, and then I said, uh, now there's this uptick, and uh, I think I am going to go ahead and do it. I think I'm going to just, like, push through those, like, I'm vaccinated, he's vaccinated, you have to be back, you know, you have to live your life at some point, and um, uh, it'll be my first time going in front of an audience in a year and a half, so that's a little scary. Um, i got to get the voice back in shape, because I haven't been singing enough. But, um, but it's also really important for me to continue to do music. It's such a core part of my, my joy and my happiness. And um, so to be able to have an opportunity, I, I just don't want to turn it down. But I've been having this, I've been on the fence about going into a small room with low ceilings and a lot of people <laughs> without masks. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't have bothered me a month ago. A month ago, I would have probably felt fine about it. But now with all these upticks, I'm thinking, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. What should I do, Marianne? I don't know. You have to go with your gut, you mm. know. And like you said, you can't, I don't know. It's like a tough, it's a tough situation. But you also have to live your life. And it's something that you love, love doing. So I feel like as long as the precautions are all there, you yeah. should be fine. But I'm, you know, I love that you have such a passion for singing and I'm, and I'm wondering, is there a common element when you are performing as well as when you are, you know, doing your manicure work or do you find that there's a different side that you tap into in both industries? I 
think uh, I'm going to give that some serious thought after this conversation because that's a great <laughs> question. Um, my my instinct is to say that they they both bring out different sides of who I am, and I think for all of us, we're multiple people stuck inside mm -hmm. one body. We have, you know, none of us are stuck doing just one thing in our life or loving one thing in our life, and um, so. Uh, yeah, it's funny when, because so many people don't know that I'm a singer and don't know the story mm -hmm. that the nail polish, the song channels. I actually have three albums now and I have my own Spotify channel because of wow. my nail polish brand, because of, because of my cosmetic brand, because That's I did amazing. that. It was not, I was not a marketing genius. It was not even a thought. It was not my idea. You know, it was just, it's just how things turned out. Um, and so it's literally like the, the. The day job ended up fueling my night job and uh, it's mm. helped me to sing in some incredible places. And I don't sing as often as I'd like to probably, but, um, or I don't perform as often as I'd like to these days, but you know, maybe, maybe next Thursday will be the start of something new and I'll start doing more often because I'm not going to travel as much. That's for sure. But how wonderful is it for you to be able to even live out two passions? I feel like a lot of people struggle to even find their purpose and their why in life. And the fact that you have figured there's two, <laughs> there's two passions and that you're able to make both of them work. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah, I consider myself to be very, very blessed. And the fact that they sort of married each other in a way that allowed me to not have to, you know, desperately find ways to sing. It just sort of came along with, it really just came along with naming things, naming the product song titles. Because when I would, uh, in the early days, I would do a lot of personal appearances in like Nordstrom and Neiman's and uh, master classes and things. Um, I have a nail salon now at Miraval in Tucson, Arizona, which kind of is amazing because that's Arizona is where I'm from. Um, and whenever I go to any of these places where I do master classes or personal appearances or whatever, just every single time at the end of one, someone will, you know, when I'm taking questions, someone will say, will you please sing something to us? Oh, and so I love that. that was sort of how um, the idea of doing a record came about because it was like, you know, once customers knew about me, um, they really wanted to hear that other side. And then that, you know, for sure, when that, that person leaves, they're not going to forget an experience like that. Um, they won't, they won't ever look at my nail brand again and not, um, not remember that moment <clears throat> probably. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so special, right? Because nowadays, I think even for me, when I think of brands, I think we want to know more about the brand. It's just, it's not just the name itself. It's like, who is behind the brand? Why did they get started? What are their values? What is their story? And that's why it's so interesting for you to share your story. And I, I feel like you, you know, you're a very successful person. So how do you define success? And a follow-up question is, what does happiness look like to you? Or what does happiness feel like to you? Hmm. Happiness feels like not having a knot in my stomach mm. when I don't have a knot in my stomach. I often, as I'm, you know, I mean, I am, <clears throat> I know I have a, a, you know, a name in the industry now, but there's just not a time that I'm creating a product or getting ready to do somebody's nails for something or going into a, a photo shoot where I'm going to have to work with the creative to create some sort of a look that I'm not nervous. And, you know, there's that, um, still that feeling of, oh, somebody's going to find out that I'm like a fraud. Who am I? How I, I've just been faking it all these years. I really can't, you know, make a color or polish a nail, which, you know, is not true, but it's still those, you know, I still have those thoughts that I had um, years and years and years ago. And, you know, of course I work in therapy on it and I work with my meditation on it and um, I do more yoga now and some, you know, I, um, I think that to get my, to get my nerves and stress out, I do like heavy cardio <laughs> where my husband will go, my husband and I will be on the treadmill together and I'll be like, are you going to break a sweat or what? 
<laughs> he's like, yeah. he's like, and I'm like, kill, you know, killing myself. Um, but that's the way I get, that's the way I sort of clear myself out and get, and also, you know, those endorphins make me super excited to get busy doing the next, the next project. Um, I definitely um, have learned um, not only through my own life, but really through so many of my clients' lives who um, obviously have all the riches and, um, you know, you grow up thinking, oh, you know, if I just had money, all my problems would be solved and I'd be happy. And I definitely know um, that one of my greatest learning experiences, one of the greatest blessings I've have, have had is seeing, you know, rich upon rich upon rich upon rich and unhappy equals unhappy equals them looking for what's more, what's next, what else can I get? And I was able to see that pretty early on um, in my career over and over and over again to where I didn't really aspire to, um, to have riches in order to be happy. Because, you know, from everything that I've seen and all of the people that I've seen, it's, you know, might make your life easier in certain ways, but it definitely doesn't bring you joy. Um, <clears throat> I was going to ask what brings you joy, but what I'm assuming singing, <laughs> singing, loving my husband. We have a dog. It took me 20 years to get my husband to get me a dog. And now <laughs> he loves him more than I do. And kind of our life revolves around this little animal. We've become those people, those dog people that have to get home to their dog. Yeah, I'm not a dog owner, so I I can't relate. But people say that to me all the time. They're like, once you get a dog, like you'll understand. It's probably once the same with, with kids. <laughs> My husband looked at me the other day and he was like, who knew I could love like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's what a, a pet will do to you. Yeah, really well. I mean, we didn't have children, obvious. Uh, well, it's not obvious, but I didn't because I didn't mention it. But we didn't have children. So the brand was our child. The brand is yes. our baby. And yes. <laughs> the products are our babies. <clears throat> so let's dive deeper into nails. What are some tips you can offer to listeners um, when it comes to doing your own manicure at home, right? Because mm -hmm. especially with COVID, I mean, I did not get my nails done for like the longest time. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not that great at doing my own nails, which is why I always go to a salon. <laughs> but I have been privileged to receive your um, manicure set. So I'm really you know, excited to use that. So what are some quick tips that you can just offer for people who you know, may not be that great at doing their own nails? Okay. Well, the first thing is, you know, it's going to take practice. It's, mm -hmm. you can't just like sit down with nail polish and know how to use it. Like you just couldn't sit down with a razor with them um, shears and know how to cut hair. It would take practice. And so it needs a little patience. Um, it definitely needs breathing while you're doing it, particularly when you go to that, to your opposite hand, I call it. Yeah. Um, and lefty. So for me, it's when I work on my left hand that, you know, I have to think harder and uh, you have to be easy on yourself. Um, and you, you just have to set aside the time. Like I would set aside in the beginning, 45 minutes. It's not going to take you 45 minutes, but set aside 45 minutes so that you don't have, there's no pressure in your mind of like, I've got to be done. I should be done. Um, put all your products in the same place so that you just pull out a case and it has everything in it that you're going to need. So you're not having to run around the house, getting this from here and that from there, because then you won't do it. Then you'll get, if you're like me, I can get go to get a pen and end up like never coming back to what I was doing, <laughs> you know, very ADD. So, um, and what I've tried to do with my, with my system of doing nails is really, and when I created the brand, it was because of all of those women in Bergdorf. And prior to that, um, cause I did nails for 20 years before I ish, before I moved to New York, um, all the women who had questions about cuticles, do I push, do I cut, do I um, saw my nails on the tip, do I file them in one direction? Uh, so everything in like all of those questions, especially the repetitive ones, and I'm pretty much there, they were all the same from everybody. Um, do I put formaldehyde on my nails? Well, now we know for sure that you don't, but back when formaldehyde was being taken out of a nail lacquer. Um, <clears throat> so 
I think that um, I have, first of all, I have um, all kinds of videos on my website and on YouTube, so you can watch them. And just, you know, filing in one direction is key, not sawing back and forth on the, on the tip of the nail. If you, saw, if you go back and forth on the tip of the nail with an abrasive object, which would be your nail file, um, think about it. You can cause the nail to just slightly peel at the very, very edge if you don't get it perfectly smooth. So, and then days later, you have peeling nails. So filing in one direction from the outside of the nail toward the center is uh, really important. Knowing that your finger and your hand move so you can roll your finger over. A lot of times um, people will forget the far side of their finger. They won't get to it because they can't quite see it if, as it's laying on the table, but your fingers roll, they move. You don't want to miss the polish on the far side of your nail which is a common, common thing that people do. Um, I'm a very, very firm believer that the cuticle is meant to be there. It is um, the end of your skin, both on your fingers and on your toes. And the skin is the largest organ in your body. So the cuticle is there and it's meant to protect you. It's meant, meant to keep free radicals and uh, anything from coming in, into your body. But what happens is we, um, we dry them out, we dry out our hands, we dry out our nails, we dry out our, our um, cuticles. And if you, you know, if probably everybody's looking down at their cuticle right now, that's usually what happens. If you have any little pieces of white that you want to pick at or, God forbid, bite off with your teeth, let me just say that um, we all, if we were all to think about it, the next time we go to bite a piece of skin with our teeth, or we try to bite a broken nail with our teeth to even it out. I'm sure we've all been there. Um, we should realize that our teeth are just not sharp enough to get a clean, a clean, a clean bite, <laughs> a clean bite, <laughs> a clean edge. And so you really need to, and you will not have things like that on the side of your nails if you hydrate enough. And if once a week you give yourself a manicure, you can do it at home. I mean, I've had really during COVID so many people who were able to take off their um, gels or their artificial nails and uh, go back, go back to natural and have, and have stayed with their natural nails because they had time during COVID to set aside um half an hour, 45 minutes to actually get to learn to know this because they were forced to, you know, and if we're not forced to do something, sometimes we don't do it. Um, but um, the cuticles, I believe that you use a cuticle remover and you, uh, once a week, you put the cuticle remover around the cuticle and the cuticle is anywhere the skin meets the nail. So it's not just at the very base of your nail, it's on the side as well. And the side where you get those things that you want to, that are hard, that you want to bite and when you are pushing with a cuticle remover, you put the cuticle remover on, then you take a cuticle pusher, which you'll have in your kit, and you push back the cuticle toward, the idea is that you're pushing the cuticle back toward the knuckle so that you um, uh, can see more of the of the uh, half moon, let's say, so that you're pushing your cuticle back the, to the, toward the cuticle so you have more of, you're seeing more of your nail. Everybody's cuticle is different. Some people's cuticle creeps up their nail and is really hard and is really thick. Other people, you can barely even see their cuticle. And it's like all of us with our different, you know, issues that we have with our skin or non-issues that we have with our skin or our hair. We're all different. But once a week, you take that cuticle remover, you take a pusher, you push back the skin, you go, you put that cuticle remover into the side wall of your nail where you would get those little things that you want to bite. Oh, I've got one right here that I would just love to nip. Um, <laughs> and, um, I know I'm looking at my nails too. <laughs> um, it's definitely manicure time for me. Um, and yes, I do my own nails because it's not relaxing. <laughs> you get to do. First of yeah. all, I can do, it in, I can do it in two seconds on myself. But um, anyway, the, uh, <clears throat> then you want to hydrate your cuticle. So that's cuticle, the cuticle care is twofold. It's removing the dead, sort of like exfoliating your skin, and then hydrating. So in my, um, in my system that if you go on my website and, you know, see my, what I call my five-step manicure, in my system, 
um, I put with the cuticles that sort of like I, I sort of equated the whole system to skincare so that we can understand, oh, here's where you, you know, here's where you cleanse by removing the polish. Here's where you exfoliate by buffing and doing the pushing back the cuticle. Here's where you hydrate. Here's where you can do more of a spa treatment. Here's where you can do a scrub on your hands. And so all of the products, uh, really, I think about the, the are, are similar to what you would use in your skincare regime. So it, be, so it makes sense to you when you get, when you get everything home. Um, and uh, let's see, this is one of my tips. I don't know if it'll translate over, over the air, but when you're using a cuticle nipper, that's what you want to, that's what you want to use if you're going to go and trim a hangnail. So after you've pushed your cuticle really well, after you've used that cuticle remover and you've pushed it back, you're going to find dead cuticle come up, comes off your nail plate. And that's like exfoliating and getting dead skin off. Then you wipe your nail clean. You see if there's any pieces of skin sticking up. If you have a piece of skin that's sticking up with one end released from the other, you take your cuticle nipper and you eyeball that piece of skin. You lay the cuticle nipper right on that piece of skin. And this is where the biggest mistakes happen. You close the cuticle nipper and you open the cuticle nipper and then you move your hand away. What so many people do and pay attention to this next time you have a manicure and next time you put a nipper in your hand, most of us, and I don't know why we do it, but I know and by most of us, I include myself in this because I do it too sometimes. We take the nipper, we eyeball the piece of skin that we're going for. We get too much skin. You only want to get the piece of skin that's, that's released, that's sticking up. That's all you want to get. And then what we tend to do is we tend to close the nipper and then pull our wrist back. And instead of releasing the nipper, we are like pulling the skin off. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you do that, you end up with, um, a, you could end up with blood, um, worst case scenario. Um, B, you could end up with a few days later, there being, it being, it, you know, you've, you've left um, a little wound open. So A, you can get late, free radicals can come into your system. Um, but um, also it's, the cuticle doesn't grow, like everything doesn't, like your hair doesn't all grow out of every follicle at the same rate all the time. So you could have like the best bob haircut on the planet. And six weeks later, no matter what, it's going to be uneven because our hair grows in at different rates. So on a much, much smaller level, that's what happens if you were to take a cuticle nipper and go all the way around your cuticle and just go cut, 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 cut. All of that, um, it'll look really nice, but you will be opening yourself up to infection. And then over the next few days, as it starts to grow in, it doesn't all grow at the same time. And therefore you've got edges that are sticking out and then you end up with things that are pieces of skin that are peeling down your nail. Um, all of that can be avoided by um, not cutting your cuticle um, and also more uh, also by hydrating. Like the hydrating of our hands is super, super important. And I was sort of glad um, during, during the pandemic that with all of the hand washing and all the sanitizing that we did, we were much I think we were much better at putting on hand cream and moisturizing mm -hmm. because we couldn't stand what it felt like. But imagine mm -hmm. yourself in the morning or in the evening, if you go in to wash your face and you do whatever you're going to do with your skincare regime, would you ever be able to leave that bathroom and go to work or go to um, bed without putting on moisturizer? Nope. Nope. So why can we wash our hands? If we, if we wash, stand at a sink, wash your hands, please everybody keep washing your hands just because, you know, we're feeling a little, a little better now does not mean I'm like really seeing that people are not washing their hands as much. So I want to encourage you to keep up these good habits we got into. Um, but when you wash your hands at the sink, um, the next time you go, just stand there for a minute after you dry them, just stand there and pay attention to how they feel and you will feel them. You will really notice them feeling like they're drying up a little bit. And that will hopefully trigger your mind to go, okay, I need hand cream. Martha Stewart is uh, one of my uh, mentors also in the brand. Um, and she, oh my gosh, she's been incredible. Uh, 
help with color and um, all kinds of things, but that's another entire podcast. Um, she's the greatest to me. Um, anyway, she says that she puts, a, um, uh, well, she uses my hand cream. At least she says she does. She uses my hand cream. And she puts it by every sink sitting out. She was like, if I put it inside the drawer, I forget about it, but I put it in the kitchen sink, at the bathroom sinks, in the laundry, um, out near, you know, when she's working on the animals in the, uh, when she's gardening, there's something outside so that every time she has even an opportunity and she sees it, you're just much more likely to use it. Um, so moisture, moisture, moisture is really important, especially now that we are really, really drying out our hands more. Um, we're actually working on a hand soap that, um, is going to be really, really helpful, but it won't be, it won't be out for a while. So yes, I'm so guilty of not moisturizing my hands. So thank you for the reminder. I'm actually putting on hand cream right now. And thank you for the mini masterclass in manicures uh, for beginners or just like doing your manicure at home. And as we are wrapping up this episode now, my podcast is called The City Confessions. And I'm not sure if you know where this is going, but I invite guests to come share their stories. And then at the end, I ask them, what is a city confession that you can share? And a quick disclaimer, there's no good or bad. And it's not like, um, you know, we're obviously here to judge. I just think it's a great way to bind us all by sharing something that can be either light or a little, you know, deeper. It's however you want to uh, receive this question and whatever you feel comfortable sharing. But Deborah, if you can share a confession with all of us, what would that be? Hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where do I begin? A city confession. Yeah, let me, like, some questions that I feel like that might help are, you know, maybe, like, what are some misconceptions you think people have of you or what you do? What is something that you wish people knew about you or ask more about you? Mm. What is a fun fact? Like, anything, any of those questions, if it triggers anything. Okay. <clears throat> well, I think that... Um... Uh, I moved. I moved to New York to be a singer to get better. I was a singer. I moved to New York to become a better singer. Um, everything about life in New York for me has made me a better person, a stronger person, a more curious person, um, and all of those things have for sure helped the artist artistry in me on both sides. Um, uh, I would never, if you had asked me 22 years ago or 25 years ago when I moved to New York, if I would have a global cosmetics brand, if you would have told me that 25 years ago, I would have looked at you like you had your head screwed on sideways. Um, because I wouldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have had the, if I knew, if I knew then what I know now, I would never have had the confidence to go into what I'm doing. And um, with that, I'd like to just really encourage anyone that if you have an idea, if you have a dream, if you have a um, something that's been, uh, you know, kind of in the back of your mind of like, oh gosh, I wish I could do this. Even if it's just like going to the West Side Highway and getting on that um, trapeze, for instance. Um, if there's something that you want to do, if, if it's calling to you, Pay attention to why it's calling to you. Try to like research in your in your heart and in your soul um, and in and in your tummy. For my case, in my case, it's in my tummy a lot. Um, you know, why is that calling to me? Why is that Why is that calling to me? What could this What could I do there? How could I be a help? How could I? And you know, the answer that I can give you is that like, if anyone can create a brand, if any, if I can create a brand, anyone can create a brand. It is. Um, it will be the hardest thing probably that you've done. It will be something that keeps you awake at night. Um, it'll be something that also makes you go to sleep with um, wonderful peace on some days. And uh, 
um, if you have time, like if you have, I think that one of the things that people don't realize about me is that <clears throat> it's, uh, I don't realize how well known I am now. And I don't realize, and it's sort of, I wonder if it's because it's not for singing, if I would feel differently about it, if it were for, for singing. Um, uh, I love when I get to do something like this, where I get to share that I'm a singer and that the songs titles are names of the products and nobody knows it. I feel like that's one of our little, um, one of our little grand secret treasures, although it should be something that we really market hugely, but um, it's just a brand treasure. So some of the, some of the time, the things that are the most important to me, um, I keep as little treasures and not don't necessarily use them as great PR or marketing. Um, and I think it keeps, uh, it keeps some stability. It keeps some. No, I love that. Yeah. There are some things I feel like you should keep to yourself, but yeah. I'm so happy you shared it with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to take a moment right now, Deborah, to send you my gratitude because I am so honored to have you on my podcast. Honestly, I don't think I would have ever, ever, ever got the chance to connect with you. So shout out to Trackenberg mm -hmm. <laughs> and thank so much for you know honestly carving time out of your day and schedule to come speak with me i think you are just fascinating um the fact that you are you know a celebrity manicurist but also a jazz singer it's like the i don't want to say weird <laughs> it's like a very unexpected combination but i also think that's what makes you so unique I'm so excited to try your products. And of course, I'm going to leave all of your information as well as the brand in the show notes. So everybody who is listening, be sure to check it out. Um, and right now is your chance to plug away. I know you are expanding your line to more of other cosmetic products and you tease a little bit of some hand products, but mm -hmm. this is airing in August. So what can you share to the listeners, what can people be on the lookout from your brand within the next three months, the next year, whatever you have in the works? Okay. Well, I want to say, first of all, thank you to you. And you know what? Here's here's how it goes, Marianne. If you don't ask, you don't get. So I'm yes, still happy. I always that say that. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like I. Uh, they asked me if I would do this. I'm like, of course I would do this. And, you know, so if you don't ask, you don't get. And that's mm -hmm. something that I have to keep telling myself as well. Um, I think we all have to keep telling ourselves that. And um, so um, the thing that I'm most excited about really is my um, my lip gloss with CBD, which we launched during the pandemic, but um, we've got new colors coming uh, out in the next few months already. Um, it's a really cushiony, we call it our hydro cushion balmy lip gloss. And so it feels like a lip balm. So I was wearing it during the pandemic under my mask because it just kept keeps my, my lips moist. And um, they're very soft colors. It's like a medium coverage. There's, it's not sticky. I've gotten the double thumbs up from several of the huge fashion makeup artists that I work with that they like the like the formula, like the feel, like the pigment. So that makes me that's it gave me some great satisfaction recently. Um, so we have uh, those. They're really delicious, and uh, we also have um, a CBD lip balm that comes in a Mac Daddy container. For those of you who really have dry lips, it's um, bigger than your average balm, I might say. Ooh, I just came up with that. And uh, we, <laughs> we just launched uh, this last week, I think, a beautiful body shimmer. So we're kind of going into both, you know, we've always done treatment and color um, with, with nail, um, all of the cuticle treatments, the foot treatments. And so now we're just expanding with the same things that we've been doing, but for other parts of the body. So this um, wonderful, uh, wonderful body shimmer, it just feels if it's, it's luxurious and um, elevated. It's not, it's not like you're uh, blingy, blingy, blingy. It's very soft and elegant. Gives you a little bit of color, a little bit of color and um, a little bit of shimmer. It's delicious. And it's part of our rich girl uh, franchise in the brand. Our hand cream is called Rich Girl as well. <clears throat> and um, yeah, those are the those are the newest things. And then of course, in the fall, there'll be new colors. There'll be a fall holiday collection and holiday sets. Always working that on is, 
Yes, that's so exciting. And I feel like nail polish is such a great holiday gift. I know we're in July right now, but honestly, <laughs> it's like the best holiday gift and like just the colors. Because also like one last thing before, you know, we wrap up. It's like I, like most people, um, pick my nail polish colors based off of the seasons, right? So like now I'm doing more neutrals and like if I want to be a little fun, I'll do the bright colors. But when it comes the holidays, I'm all about the, you know, the moody, the like, the rich red, the metallic. So yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, I can't wait to see what you have in store for all of us. Um, yeah, with that being said, thank you so much, Deborah, for coming on, sharing your story and your tips. I hope everybody who is listening found it helpful. Again, please go on the show notes and click the link to learn more about the brand if you are not familiar. And feel free to connect with Deborah on her channels, which I'm also listing below. I hope you all have a beautiful day and stay tuned for next week's episode. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you.